Today, we're going to be talking about risk. And risk is just part of life. Every time we open our mouth or lace up our shoes to leave the house, we open ourselves up to risk. We could be humiliated. We could be hurt. We could even be killed. But that's just part of life. Risk is something that's everywhere. But if we're going to live faithful lives before God, if we're going to accomplish anything meaningful with these short lives, we have to develop some level of comfort with risk. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Glad to have you here. If you're new, this podcast is available on YouTube. It's available on iTunes, on Google, and wherever you get podcasts. So if you'd like to listen or you want to watch, there's options for you everywhere you might look. And yes, we talk about productivity from a Christian standpoint. Uh, Incidentally, if you are interested in a video that might be helpful to you, check out the one I just released last week on how to take sermon notes. In it, I go through my method for writing notes in church and then how I bring them home and process them afterwards. And it's really helped me get a lot more out of the Sunday message that I hear each week from my pastor. So if you're interested in that, check out that. There'll be a link to it in the description. And a very extra special thank you to the Patreon supporters. Guys, thank you. Thank you. I can never say it enough. You make this possible. I really, really appreciate you supporting this podcast. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, maybe you're getting good value out of listening to this or reading some of my articles and you want to help out. Well, I appreciate it. So uh, you can check out Hey, and if you're somebody who's been getting good value out of this and you're a listener to the podcast, read my articles, and you want to know if there's a way you could help, well, there is. You can also join Patreon. Uh, It's patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And for as little as three bucks a month, you can help me produce these shows. You also get access to some exclusive content there, and I will send you stickers for the $5 a month and up people. And I also have a little notebook with the Redeeming Productivity logo on it that I will send you if you're a $10 and up subscriber. So that's a way you can kind of help me keep doing these and also get a little bit more, get a little bit more exclusive access. Uh, And so please do consider that. Uh, Every little bit helps. Appreciate it so much. Okay. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about risk. Um, Why risk? Well, As you may know, there is what some have turned a pandemic happening in the world, and uh, that brings with it some problems, uh, some fear, some decisions that have to be made, and it's made me think a lot about the topic of risk. And like I said in the introduction, risk is everywhere in life. We always are taking on risk. Every time I choose to talk, instead of saying silent, I'm weighing whether that's going to be better or worse. You know, um, when I drive my car, I'm taking on some level of risk. Uh, If I choose to share the gospel with somebody, I'm taking on the risk of them rejecting me or being mean to me or, um, you know, stabbing me, (laughs) worst case scenario. And We need a way of thinking about risk as Christians that is better than the world thinks about it. And that's that's what's just been going through my head. I I want to, and you want to, I know, be a good steward of this life you have. Uh, You want to honor God. You want to be faithful. But we live in this era where uh, safety and comfort and convenience is elevated as like the best of the best of the best. That's what we want to strive for is always be safe. 
You know, it's such an odd thing. Like people like, you know, they're always telling you, be safe, be safe. Oh, be careful. And yeah, it's important not to die. I get it. But it seems that we're pretty terrible at uh, measuring risk and calculating risk versus reward. So this episode is going to be a little bit heady. It's a little bit, uh, I don't know, high level philosophy stuff. Um, But I just think it's helpful. And the practical benefits of being someone who is not risk averse, but willing to take calculated risks are immense for your own productivity, for your own success in life. And of course, as a Christian, for your ability to serve God, to um, risk, to, to spend and be spent for his glory in all aspects of life, you have to be able to endure risk. And so I've kind of just pulled together five sort of scattered thoughts on the topic of risk. And so I'm just going to work through those in this episode. And I hope that some of that is helpful to you, or at least gets your brain turning on this subject. So the first thought I have on risk is that the world's terrified of it. Like our generation especially is terrified of any sort of activity that is risky in the least. Uh, a term has been coined, which I, I appreciate. I think I've used it before on here, which is safetyism. And it's this basically a philosophy of life that says the most important thing is that you're always safe. You know, it's given rise to the sort of uh, a helicopter parent generation. Um, you know, you, you see the stuff on college campuses uh, where they talk about safe spaces and people that are so coddled and so protected and want to be in these little cocoons of comfort that they are incredibly, incredibly risk averse. And so there's a problem with that. In fact, speaking of coddling, uh, in the book, The Coddling of the American Mind, there's this great quote and it talks about a culture of safety. He says, a culture that allows the concept of safety to creep so far that it equates emotional discomfort with physical danger is a culture that encourages people to systematically protect one another from the very experiences embedded in daily life that they need in order to become strong and healthy. It's interesting, right? He, he's saying, if safety is held up as the highest virtue of all, the inevitable result is going to be weakness. You become not resilient to change. If you never expose yourself to any discomfort, any challenge, any um, hardship at all, you become weak, right? If you never lift up weights or you never walk, you never put stress on your heart or your lungs through cardiovascular activity, you're going to become weak. You're going to atrophy. You are going to become very susceptible to illness. And that's just a fact. And it's the same way mentally. You can't be mentally tough if you never take a risk, if you never expose yourself to something that is uncomfortable. And so we live in a time where uh, it's very easy to only be comfortable, to constantly be entertained, to never do anything scary. And because of that, we're becoming weaker and weaker and weaker and very, very terrified of risk. And I think you see this um, in the reaction to the pandemic and to COVID and things of that nature. And now this is not, I'm not like throwing in my hat about what the right thing is for each person to do in response to the the danger of that virus. That's for you to decide. Um, but it is something, the, the reaction we've seen in the world to it, I think is the byproduct 
of a coddled generation of several generations of people living right now who don't know how to take on risk. They're scared to death of it in all possible ways. And that actually brings me to the, to the second point is we're terrible at calculating risk. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Um, I, again, I don't want to make this about the COVID thing, but it's just so present in my mind right now is people not being able to figure out, okay, how dangerous is this versus what are the other effects that could happen by us doing a lockdown or by us avoiding contact with other people? You know, what are the, how do we weigh the, the possibility of sickness and death, which are real possibilities? How do you weigh that against other things like financial issues or, um, uh, emotional damage you do to people, relational damage, or even other, you know, health risks like suicide and depression. I know you didn't think we'd be talking about this in a show about productivity, but I'm using that as an analogy. And it's just something we're all seeing right now is the very real time uh, show of a world that doesn't know how to weigh risks against each other, risk versus reward. And we see this not just right now in in the COVID stuff, but through all of life. And actually, there's a term coined by Nick Szabo, and it's called a Pascal scam. And it's just a, a term he uses for when people try to use the prospect of an unlikely yet potentially devastating event to scare us into a sense of urgency. Um, examples would, would be, uh, like climate change or, you know, I used to live in Southern California and everyone was always talking about the big one, like the earthquake, there's going to be another big earthquake that's going to, um, do all this stuff. And so you have to pay these really high insurance premiums. If you want extra earthquake insurance, you know, you have to always be ready because that could happen at any point. Um, or, or climate change, when's, when's that going to affect us? And so we have to do all these drastic things because at some unknown point, you know, the, the world's going to start falling apart. And so you can use these sort of Pascal scams to, um, to manipulate people because the potential threat is really, really so bad, but we don't actually know how likely it is. We're unable to really actually calculate the likelihood of that risk. And the problem with these kind of these Pascal traps, as he calls them, is it causes you to treat the unlikely as urgent uh, when there are actually more pressing matters and things for which you actually have some control over. Uh, Because that's one of the issues with these big, scary, unknown things that, uh, you know, we try to worry about is usually we don't have any control over them. So we turn our eyes from the things that we actually should be focused on. And it plays to our, you know, self-deceit about our ability to control the outcome of a devastating event, which we really don't have that much control. And knowing that we're bad at calculating risk, I think, you know, our response to that is we should probably try to be better at it, try to be a little bit more careful when someone tells you there's some big, scary, unknown thing and you need to do X, Y, and Z so you're ready for it. You should take a step back and say, well... Is, is it really that bad? And, you know, to some degree, we really can't calculate the outcome of really scary risk situations. Back to the COVID analogy, uh, you, you don't know how likely it is that you would get COVID, but you will change your whole life uh, to 
prevent the outcome of possibly getting it and possibly dying from it or spreading it to someone else who would die from it. And so it's really hard to measure the likelihood of those things. And so in light of that, in light of knowing that we actually are really terrible at calculating risk, how do we live? Right? That's the big question. Uh, we know that the world's terrified of risk. We know that there's really is a problem with that, 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 that we need to have some level of risk tolerance. Uh, and we're not good at calculating it. So how do we live in light of that? Well, we actually have answers as Christians, and it's <laughs> a big relief. So people are terrified of risk, and we're not very good at calculating it. And, okay, you could fall into these Pascal scams, and you could just say, well, I'm going to prepare for all these really devastating things, because how else should I live? Well, as a Christian, you need to recognize that there is a downside to living in a, I guess, pretty fearful, terrified view of the world where all you're trying to do is mitigate risk. And the downside to that is that uh, risk is the pathway to reward. And so if you avoid all risk, you avoid all opportunity for reward. Let me explain. This is my third kind of scattered thought on this topic. Risk is the pathway to reward. You've heard expressions like nothing ventured, nothing gained, uh, fortune favors the bold, right? These are truisms that express the reality that risk takers are really the only people who actually accomplish meaningful things in the world. You can go, you know, the steady middle of the road route with your life, but you will never accomplish something great. And in fact, you'll fail to be faithful to God if you follow that path. I'll explain more of that in a minute. But in your in your job, in your home, in uh, just your social life, if you are unwilling to do that which is risky, that which might um, might harm you in your reputation in other people's eyes or expose you even to, to some sort of danger, if that's your, your main motivating force is that you're avoiding risk and you're trying to maximize for comfort, you're in big trouble, Junior, because you're not going to get anything done. It, it is true. Fortune favors the bold. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Risk leads to reward. And that's true on the temporal uh, you know, timeline. It's true from... Uh, if if you're trying to to break out and do some business, you have to take some risk. You can't do that from safety. If you're trying to get promoted at work or whatever, you can't just do the the middle of the road thing. You need to put your neck out there once in a while. And you can't, I mentioned evangelism, but good luck evangelizing people if you're afraid of risk. You'll never do it. You will never do it. And uh, good luck standing up for God's word and for truth and for a right doctrine. If you're scared of people's opinion of you, if you're scared that you're going to get canceled on the internet, you know, that's another thing right now. You see a lot of people who are um, conservative and, and a lot of Christians too, that are really getting like kicked straight off the internet. And I mean, I feel it too. I'm someone who put stuff out there. I'm, I'm dependent on um, social media and YouTube and some of these big tech people not to cancel me. Uh, the work I do with Not The Bee, that's a, a clear and present danger is that we could be canceled because we uh, deliberately oppose the zeitgeist. But if you, if you make decisions based on that fear of being canceled and you kind of pull your punches as a Christian, as a person who's seeking to make some impact on the world, you better, might as well fold up shop because you're not going to get anything done. You have to be willing to expose yourself to risk. 
And the reason you do that is because you want to be faithful to God. And he is a God who rewards faithfulness. And so I would maybe summarize this point this way is a reasonable level of risk tolerance is an asset, not a liability. You know, we talk about risk as usually as a negative thing, right? If, um, if you're an insurance company, you're looking at risks and that's going to, the more risks you see with someone's life or their driving habits or something, the higher their premium is going to be because that's a liability to you as the insurer. But risks, since they lead to reward, are uh, a certain degree of them are an asset because otherwise you will not achieve that reward. And so people who are risk averse, they think that they're playing it safe. This is the irony. But perpetual hesitancy always leads to missed opportunities. And often the riskiest decision you could make is to choose not to decide, to choose to stay right where you are, to not put your neck on the line and say, no, I'm going to plant my flag here and I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to speak with my sister about the gospel. I'm going to uh, call that friend. I'm going to uh, talk to the elders of my church about that thing I'm concerned about. You know, you if you are unwilling to do that, you will be unfaithful. And so you have to be willing to take on risk and you can kind of build that level of risk tolerance. And that brings me to my fourth thought on risk. And that's this, Christians must learn to tolerate more risk. So as we said, as we've said, the the world's terrified of risk. We're terrible at calculating risk, but risk is the pathway to reward. Therefore, Christians, we got to learn to tolerate more risk in our lives. We can't just look like these soft-bellied American westernized Christians that are scared to death of doing anything that's going to um, put us in any even remote danger whatsoever. That's no way to live. It's no way to live. And so we have to learn to tolerate more risk. And I think one thing that providentially uh, is helpful in this regard is that Avoiding risk for a Christian is really no longer an option. I would say that probably never was an option. Let me explain. Uh, You know, maybe like 10 years ago, guys like uh, John Piper and David Platt, they were always talking about, you know, Christians need to snap out of their cultural Christianity and go be missionaries, go relieve poverty, go do some grand, huge gesture with their life. And and I'm not poo-pooing that. I think that's, that's good. Um, but there almost seemed to be this in that, this admission that there was a, there was a type of Christianity where you could just be comfortable. And that's just never was the case. You, you might not go to Papua New Guinea, but there, there isn't an option, uh, on the form for when you follow Christ, you, when you, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you die to self. You've taken the biggest risk of all. You've thrown in with the king of kings. And so in in some sense, it's no risk at all, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But in another sense, you've already given everything up. You've already laid it all on the line. There is an option. There's not an option for being an unfaithful Christian, for not walking with him, for not standing at times in direct opposition to the entire current of the world and the culture riskless Christianity doesn't exist. And so when I say that 
risk is no longer an option for Christians. What I mean is the illusion of a riskless Christianity is no longer an option because it's becoming harder and harder and harder to even say that you're a believer, at least a a Bible-believing Christian, without uh, facing the threat of at least a, a pylon from people who really just hate Christianity, or at the at, at least even the ability, like I said, to be canceled from the internet and not have a voice. Uh, you could even lose your job, and I expect, unfortunately, that that's going to get worse and worse. And so in response to that, I say we have to learn to tolerate more risks as Christians. It, it's We need to toughen up is the, the way I would put that. We have to toughen up and be ready for the blows to come. We have to get stronger. Because when it comes to obeying God, there is no difference between being risk avoidant and unfaithful. It's the same thing. If you want to follow God, but, you'll, but you never take, take risks, you never put your neck out there, you will be unfaithful to him. Because when push comes to shove, when it comes to you standing for Christ, for you doing that which honors him and caving to do what's comfortable and what uh, will protect you for the short run, you will choose the latter because you're risk avoidant. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, that seems pretty plain. Everybody who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, which I assume you want to do since you're listening to a podcast about productivity for Christians, well, expect persecution. Expect it. If you want to live a godly life, there's going to be problems. You've, you have already invited risk into your life. And so my, I guess, encouragement would be learn to endure risk, learn to tolerate it, learn to become stronger from it. Because here's the thing. As believers, our highest virtue is not to avoid risk, but to be faithful. I want to follow Christ. I don't want to be just safe. And the wonderful thing about that is it's not a uh, nihilistic, you know, <laughs> you know, jump off the cliff attitude to say that I want to follow Christ and not be and not be afraid of risk is ultimately an admission that the world is not your home. It hurts to be mocked for your faith. It stinks to lose your livelihood for your faith. And it is altogether not exactly the best thing you would ask for to be martyred for your faith. But those are distinct possibilities for people who choose to be faithful. And to be faithful, you have to take on risk. So how do we actually learn to become more risk tolerant? How do we become tougher? Well, I think the biggest thing is a worldview. It's having hope in the promises of God. I've talked about this several episodes ago that every Christian should be an optimist because we have the great and powerful promises of God on which to rely. We have the hope of heaven and eternity with him and eternal reward. So When we live our lives with our eyes fixed on Christ, with that optimistic outlook that he is faithful and therefore we should be faithful to him, we will tolerate risk. We will put our neck on the line. We will do those things that faithful Christians do in the name of Christ. We will evangelize. We will uh, start that grand venture we planned on doing. We will 
try to, uh, you know, exercise dominion in the little corner of the world in which God's put us. We will build, we will do scary things. We will do hard things for his glory and his honor according to his principles, because we believe that he honors his promises to us. We will not live in a constant bubble of fearing the world, fearing that we need to just be safe and we need to not take on any risk. And I don't want anyone to think bad of me, but instead we will be bold as he's called us to be. And boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. And so one benefit actually of a promise grounded optimism is that it produces people who are not fearful. And thus we're willing to expose ourselves to risks and to their commensurate rewards eternally, as I've talked about, but even presently as well. If you're a person whose ultimate hope is grounded in Christ, you will in your business, in your family, in your church, in every aspect of life, be someone who's willing to be bold, who's willing to do the hard thing when everyone else cowers in fear, because your hope is not where theirs is. Your hope isn't on your reputation or even on your financial stability. It's in Christ and in his promises. And so the fifth thought I have on risk kind of brings all these together. And that's this risks taken on principle for God and his glory are really no risk at all. And I've kind of hinted at this throughout it, but you know, we calculate whether a risk was worth it or not in hindsight. You see this in all of life, but the only real way to know whether a risk you took was worth it is what the outcome was. So for example, Maybe you make a bet on a stock. You think, I think this stock's going up, 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 up to the moon. I'm going to put all my money on it. Well, how do you know whether that risk was worth it? Only really in hindsight, because it could tank and you say, well, that really wasn't worth it, was it? Or it could go to the moon. And if it does, you say, well, that was worth it. Well, that's the same in all of life. And if you extrapolate that out onto the eternal timeline, Risk taken for God, even if the temporal result of them is really bad, say uh, you die, in the long run, they're not really true risks if you calculate them on the eternal timeline. And this is only true of risks, I'll be clear, this is only true of risks that are taken on principles derived from scripture for God and for his glory. So if you are being faithful to God, in other words, and you stand up and you do something that is bold. You talk to the elders of your church about an issue you see there that you think needs to be addressed. Or you, um, you know, you're faithful at work. You're honest there instead of cutting corners. You, in your family, uh, do the hard thing uh, to try to make sure that you're raising your kids in the discipline and admonition of the Lord the right way, even though other people might look down on that or criticize you for it. If you choose to speak out online, even though there's a great risk that you could be canceled completely, you take on risk. But ultimately, even if the temporal results of that are really bad in the long run, faithfulness is always the right choice because God honors the faithful. And that's why the Apostle Paul could say to die is gain. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain in eternal perspective. He had eternal perspective. And he's in a, even if things by the world standards turn out as bad as they could possibly be, financial ruin, um, reputational damage, even death, for the Christian, the worst case scenario is really the best. 
and that's that we get to be with Christ and we get to um, be rewarded by him in eternity for our faithfulness. So uh, that is so critical in uh, the Christian life. And a lot of these principles um, are true in normal life as well, you know, just in your, your business and in uh, your family and in just how you live today and with your neighbors. Christians ought to look a lot different from the world. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Um, we shouldn't be terrified of risk. We shouldn't be these safetyists that our, our highest virtue looks like all we care about is just protecting ourselves and not being uncomfortable. We should be the boldest, lion-hearted people in this entire world because we're the only people with an eternal hope that is entirely certain. And so risk? What's risk? Ha ha, I laugh in the face of risk because I know ultimately God has me. And if I'm going to be faithful, if I'm going to honor him with my life, it's going to take some risk. It's going to be uncomfortable. It could be very, could go very badly for me. But if I really want to live a productive life for his glory and for his honor and be a good steward, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take on those risks and I'm going to do it fully trusting him, bathed in prayer and leaning not on my own understanding. And that's really the only way to live. Well, guys, that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please, as always, you can email me. I love to hear some feedback. I know I've been doing some kind of headier topics lately. I'd be interested to hear from you what you think about that, um, just as a direction on the podcast. You can email me at reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. And I would really appreciate the feedback. And I'm trying to do more practical things on YouTube. So like I mentioned, go check out that video I just did on how to take sermon notes in church. I really do think it's it's been life transforming for me. And I'd love for that to be the case for you too. So check out that video. And also, if you're not on my newsletter, I say it every week. What on earth are you doing with your life? You got to get on that newsletter. I pack it full of, I think, really good stuff. Lots of links to uh, things, software um, articles, things that I think will be helpful for you in becoming a more productive Christian. So check that out. It's just redeemingproductivity.com slash newsletter. And thank you again for listening. And I will see you again here next week. But until I do, please remember this. And whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. God.